Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Okay, Go Abundance Brothers, it's time to grab life big. And put your money where your mouth is and get signed up for some bucket list adventures in 2017. Here's the BLR, Bucket List Rundown. Indeed, Mr. Smeed, the first thing we got going up is Snowwater, British Columbia, hella skiing. The guys that went last year said it was unfreaking real. Unreal. March 15th to 20th, Snowwater, British Columbia. Then we got a champions only couples trip. If you are a champion, which by the way is 5 million net worth. Is it five? Yeah, I believe. 5 million net worth above. Napa Valley with your wife. Napa Valley wine tasting with your wife. April 20th, 23rd. Then what I got, uh, I also got another champion self reliance trip, which is. Uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail at the very last uh, five or six days of it, Mount Katahdin. That's in Bangor, Maine on June 7th through the 11th. Then we got August 17th to 22nd, we got a special fam abundance, Jackson Hole, Wyoming solar eclipse. Bring your kids and let them learn about the solar system, more specifically the solar eclipse that's going to take place and uh, they may never see it again you may never see it again in your lifetime solar eclipse is going to happen on jackson hole august 17th to 22nd then we have south africa baby yes south africa man that is bucket list item crazy you got like seven or six or seven bucket list items on there swimming with the sharks of course safari the volunteering in in cape town in the ghettos of cape town just incredible trip planned on that. Uh, September 24th through October 4th. And we're working on a, a the end part of that, adding a uh, couples. If you want to have your wife fly down or your girlfriend fly down for the end part of that and a little special thing on the end, we got that working too. And then, of course, we got the GoBundance Elite Couples Trip in Placencia, Belize. In uh, a really nice, uh, probably a key, right, uh, off of Belize, in Belize. An amazing couple's trip that I, I heard amazing things. A lot of people last year said it was the best trip they've ever been on. So that is uh, November 4th through 11th. Any of these you want to sign up for, you know, reach out to Melanie and just let Melanie know, you know, you're in and she'll collect your money or uh, shoot you in the right direction. So uh, thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy the show. Grab life big. Go Abundance Brothers, welcome to Grab a Life Big Man. Here he is. I have Mr. Brandon Turner on the line, the incredible host of Bigger Pockets and author for Forbes, who I don't know if you know this or not, but you're 
You wrote this really cool article on Forbes, which we'll talk about. And I think we got 11 applications the next day for new oh, really? abundance brothers. Yeah, man. You built a downline out of nowhere. You're going to get uh, pr <laughs> massive profit checks all of a sudden. So hopefully That's they're funny. all... They're all uh, legitimate millionaires, so we'll see. Yeah, definitely. So anyways, Brandon, welcome to Grab Life Big, buddy. Well, thank you. This should be a lot of fun today. I'm excited about this. Hey, why don't you give your own bio here? Tell us. Give us the five-minute Brandon Turner story, day you were born till today. All right, I'm going to do this in four minutes. Watch this. All right, I'm setting a timer. All right, so I was born in uh, Minnesota, grew up there, left as quickly as I could out of col or in college. Uh, I couldn't handle the snow or the mosquitoes, so I moved out to the West Coast. Uh, I met my wife in college. We actually went to school in Colorado together, ended up going to uh, her hometown of Montesano, Washington, which is where I live right now, uh, which has the rain instead of the snow, which is not much better, but whatever. It's a beautiful place in the country. If you've ever seen the Twilight movies, you don't have to admit if you have, but uh, the Twilight movies all take place basically in my backyard. Like literally, I look in my backyard and it looks like a scene from Twilight, very woodsy. And uh, started investing in real estate. I actually got a history degree, which I don't use at all. I worked on some campaigns for political science stuff. I got a minor in that. Didn't you don't use that at all anymore? I actually worked on a campaign for a while for a, um, a successful one for a lady who ran for uh, Senate, and then ended up hating that with a passion. Thought it was uh, politics was horrible after I got into it, so I left that, and. Uh, but decided I was going to go to law school, started studying for that. I took my LSAT and I did decently well on it. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go to law school and go, you know, work 80 hours a week for the rest of my life. And maybe someday when I'm 60 or 70, I can retire. And uh, at the same time, I uh, was kind of renting a property and some lady said, well, why don't you just buy one? It's just cheaper right now to buy than it is to rent. And I said, okay. So I bought a cheap little house and then I fixed it up and I sold it nine months later and I made 20 grand. And I thought, wow, that was the best money I ever made. And like, it wasn't really that much work. So uh, that was... That was kind of the start of my real estate adventure. So I started buying property, multifamily, little small multifamily and single family, did some flipping, market crashed, ended up keeping most of the flips as rental properties and ended up working at a bank, which was a terrible job. I don't recommend that ever. And uh, quit that when I bought my 24 unit apartment building. I was 27 and I had, you know, quote unquote, uh, financial freedom because I had more income, you know, passive income if you could see me on camera, yeah. which you can't. You were a hundred percenter. Yeah, yeah, because I had at least enough to cover. Now, granted, I was living in Grays Harbor County, Washington, which is the like lowest income county in the state of Washington and probably on the West Coast. Mm. And so like I was making three grand a month and I was spending like two grand a month. And so I was like, <laughs> hey, I, I'm retired. And so I quit my job and I'm like, I'm done. I love that. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of my life, I never have to work again. This is great. I'm a hundred and fifty percenter. Yeah. It was amazing. And and then I realized very quickly, you can't really live that long and, and start building a family. And you know, I got, you know, I was married at that time and my wife is still, you know, working a little bit and, uh, or at Starbucks. And so we decided, well, I probably got to do something else for money. So I kept buying real estate. Uh, and as the typical, you know, story goes, the more money I made, the more I increased my lifestyle. So, mm. uh, obviously I make a little bit more than $3,000 a month today, but uh, somehow that turned into me wanting to start a blog. So I started a blog that turned into me getting a, uh, an actual, it's a W2 job. A lot of people don't know that I'm actually like a W2 job, but I do have uh, equity in biggerpockets.com. So I'm a small percentage owner. Josh Dorkin is the official CEO and owner. And uh, I ended up becoming the very first guy ever to come help out on the site. I was hired just to help run their blog. Ended up starting a podcast, became the number two, the VP there, and uh, kind of helped grow the site from where they were to where they are today, which is kind of a monster site. 
And uh, just last year, I stepped back from that role quite a bit. Um, we got 30 employees now there, so I'm not as important. So I kind of do the forward-facing things now and had a little baby girl, and that's where I'm at today. And so I'm just kind of doing a bunch of fun stuff now. I don't know. Was that four minutes? I probably Yeah, that was awesome, dude. That was awesome. And so bigger pockets, you're, we still hear you. You're on the podcast, but is that all you're doing? Like, so before you were you know, officially the second employee or first employee and it had a business card that said vice president of some bullshit. And now, yep. now you're just like the co-host. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I do the co-host. I do a weekly webinar every week. In fact, it's one of my favorite things I do. I do a webinar. Started out having, you know, 10 people, 20 people show up and now I get five to 7,000 people a week signing up for Holy it. Holy dirt. Yeah. Every single week for two years now, I've done a live webinar every single Wednesday. I actually missed the first one two weeks ago because I was in the Caribbean. But uh, other than that, I've done them, I mean, every did single they, week. Did for they have weeks. to uh, not do it? Uh, yeah, they just didn't do it because I'm the only guy that oh really does. Oh, my God. That. See how valuable uh, you are? Yeah, they, right? they need so, to give you that VP job back. <laughs> so there's this, there's this funny, this book I read. Actually, there's a couple books that led to me stepping down there uh, from the full-time work. Uh, but one of them was Ego is the Enemy. I don't know if you've read that, uh, Ryan Holiday. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I love that book. Yeah, so I, I realized a lot of what I was doing was just to to stroke my own ego. You know, I liked being the big guy that was running bigger pockets because it fed, fed my ego. And after I read that book, I mean, it was the day after is when I had the kind of difficult conversation of, hey, I don't want my life just to keep, you know, building more and more and more and more here just to feed my own ego. That said, I'm still yeah. doing podcasts, which especially still- as an employee. I mean, shit, yeah. if you own 50 percent of the company, it'd be another. It'd be a, exactly. It, 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 then you would be able to substantiate this isn't about ego. You know, exactly. but only owning a couple points on it, it's yep. like this is about ego. <laughs> yes, very much so. So I, I stepped in. I also read the book uh, "So Good They Can't Ignore You" by Cal Newton, mm-hmm. and uh, it quickly became one of my favorite books. And basically, the idea of this is like so many people want this idea of financial freedom, and I want to build this internet business, and I want to go out and do affiliate marketing, or I want to do real estate, or I want to do whatever, right? But the argument he makes in there is that most people fail at that because they lack. Uh, what we call, uh, he calls, uh, I think it's collateral. In other words, you know, you as a real estate agent, you built up collateral over years and years and years of working in the business. Then you can go and cash that collateral in later on to work a four hour work week if you wanted to. But so many people try to skip that step of having collateral. Yeah, so today, right. yeah, I can work four hours a week at bigger pockets, which I probably work 10 ish, 10 to 15, but I can work at bigger pockets four to 10, 15 hours a week and make more money than most people. I'm more than almost anybody like that I'm, I'm friends with out here uh, because I have the collateral of 10 years of real estate investing experience plus now seven years of teaching online and whatever. So yeah, uh, anyway, you have, so re- you have a ton I, of collateral. Yeah, I have a ton of collateral in it. And so because of that, I also was like, you know what? I don't I don't need to work 40 hours a week and be middle management. I mean, essentially, that's what I was. Right. And I, middle management. I mean. I didn't want to be in office space, you know, that movie office space. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. not, I did not want that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want a case of the Mondays every week. <laughs> and so. All right. Well, let's, let's remove the ego. You have nothing to do with bigger pockets. Uh, let's just pretend <laughs> you are only a real estate investor dude and Mr. Real estate investor dude, what percentage, uh, er, are you today? So with real estate itself, I'll say, if not counting any bigger pockets income. Yeah, that would uh, might. The only thing that would count with bigger pockets is if if he does a distribution on the percentage that you own. 
Sure. And well, now, so where, where would you count? So I, when I did my one sheet, I, I split my bigger pockets income kind of in half and I call horizontal income my book. So I wrote a couple books and one of them ended that, up that's selling. Her, yeah, that's intellectual okay. property. So that's okay, horizontal. Yes. You got it. Yeah. Yep. And I get that no matter what. So that um, last year, the book brought in and I don't, I don't if know. If you trade book- time for money. It's, it's it's gonna be vertical. Vertical, yeah. So the book I wrote, and I actually wrote I, that's a fun story about I don't know how to tell now, but I wrote in exactly hundred days. I actually wrote two books in hundred days exactly, uh, and we published those, uh, and that brought in or the three books I've got published total now brought in two hundred forty-two thousand last year. So that alone is more than whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. How, yeah, it, how? What, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You need to slow the roll sure. there. How? So one of the books, the book on rental property investing, uh, because Bigger Pockets is a massive platform, it shot it up to number one in, in Amazon for real estate. So today we're number one. Well, I'm competing with Gary Keller for all three of my books. So if you look at the top 10 of all real estate books in the entire world on Amazon, I have three or four of them. Gary Keller slash you know Jay Papazan and the others have three or four of them. And there's like one or two others. Yeah. Uh, so and are you, we just are you self-published? Uh, sort of actually we, the first book we officially, I mean, you could say we self-published and you could call the second and the third book self-published. But what we did is we thought a little bit bigger and we said, well, instead of self-publishing, what if we open a publishing business, an actual company? So we are an official publisher. Now we have distribution, we get in bookstores, uh, bigger pockets publishing is a publishing company, uh, that, uh, so now that, what do you got to give Josh for that? So my, my commission split on them is, he gets two thirds, I think it is, and I get a third of what I of what I bring in. So it's more than a traditional publisher. Now, future future books and future because I'm no longer that guy anymore. Future books, I'll get a lot less. I believe. So you're getting thirty five percent. Now, what about the costs, the printing costs, and all that? Does that come off the top? It comes off the top, and then we I, we we divide the profits based on that thirty five. And or- your profits were two hundred forty grand. Yes. So his profits were five hundred grand. Off of probably, right? That'd yeah, be, that'd yeah, be yeah, twice yeah. as much. Yeah, um, I guess so, yeah. Off of your, off of three books you wrote. Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty crazy. I mean, uh, we sell a lot of books. I don't I don't know how many that translates to. Actually, I mean that's probably a, 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 a sad point. It's, yeah, I can't tell you how, how much many are books they I sold last year. Uh, 20, well, so that's an interesting thing, right? So the typical book you buy at 20 bucks on Amazon or somewhere around 20, but I'm a big believer, you know, in having multiple price points. So when we sell them on our site, which we sell a lot on our site, we've got three price points and the most expensive, I think is 60 bucks or 57 or, what, or 59. What, 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 what explain that multiple price? Sure. Points. Price points. So you can buy just the book itself on Amazon, just one book. Uh, so what I did is we published the book on rental property investing and the book on managing rental properties, and we published both of them together. I launched them together as two books. Um, I wrote one alone, and I co-wrote one with my wife because she manages our properties, so we each wrote about half of that one. Uh, so we wrote both those books in 100 days, published them together. So you can buy them each separately if you want to for 20 bucks a piece on Amazon, or you can buy them the digital format together combined for 30 bucks. You get both digital for 30 bucks plus a bunch of bonuses like – I don't know. There's like forms and, you know, leases and all the legal so you stuff. you bundle them. Bundle them together. Yep. And then for the $60 package, you get the both physical, both digital and all the bonuses. Yep. Now, what we find is that the majority of people, um, the majority of people probably buy the, the single book, the $20 book. We make the most money though from the expensive package. Uh, and because it's, you know, three times more expensive. And so even though we, it, maybe it's 50, 50, I don't, I right. and you no force, problem, well, but. you force them to go digital, which at a certain point is free. You know yes, what I mean? Digital, so, yeah. I mean, once you have the system set up, the digital just can go kind of it's forever. Free to you. So. The other one, you got to pay for the book 
or yep. you got to work a deal with Amazon where they take 30% or, you know, whatever creative space takes or, or whatever your publisher yep. takes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's been a wild ride. And again, I don't like, I look at that as horizontal income, but I don't look at it as stable horizontal income only because, you know, I mean, the reason they sell well is because bigger pockets is an expanding or exploding site yeah. uh, over the past four years. And so, I mean, tomorrow Google could say, you know, we don't like you anymore and shut us down. That then drops our Amazon rankings because yeah. of that. I mean, it drops everything. And I mean, overnight, you, you I could, could go, say yeah. that. Over, yeah, you could say that. Oh, you could say that about anything. About anything. I, yeah. We don't but, categorize stable or unstable. Intellectual <laughs> sure. property. You've got, I think you, you, you certainly have the record of, you know, of you're in the top five of all the GoBundance brothers as far as intellectual property horizontal income uh, that I know of. Um, that's that's phenomenal. I mean, that's some phenomenal shit. Now, do you have other intellectual property horizontal income besides the books? I mean, I got like a calculator I sell on my old blog, realestateinyour20s.com. I sell it for 20 bucks. I make like 400 bucks a month off that. But I mean, nothing, uh, nothing substantial. I do some private lending, a little bit of private lending. I just started that. That's actually fascinating. I would love to do more of that. It's like I get I get paid every month and I don't have to do anything. I mean, yep. no toilets, no nothing. What do you charge? So I did really cheap. This was one of my best friends in the world. I, I charge him 8% and uh, I did it for a year. And that was my first one. No and points? I just did a second one. No points to him at all. Dude, um, what are you doing? Granted. Well, here's, here's the guys side, around so. here paying 12%, three points. <laughs> I know. And three, I know. And, and flipping them very, in like five months, four months. Well, here's, you know? here's the deal though. I, I actually wholesaled the deal to him. So I got the deal under contract myself. I wholesaled it for five grand. So I made five grand up front and then I carried the contract because I didn't want to do the deal. I didn't want to flip it myself. Right, so you got a 5% so I got, uh, wholesaler I got a 5% fee. wholesale fee. Yeah. So it's kind of like saying I got five points on it and then he gets to do the actual work and then I get the money every month. So yeah, it was, it was a first adventure, but yeah, I charged him not as much because I was brand new to it and he was brand new to it and we're kind of working it out, but man, I yeah. love getting that check. Notes, are, the, notes the, are awesome, right? Because they're just they are. free money until somebody doesn't pay. Exactly. So <laughs> just like anything, right? So yeah, okay, and when, so, when it's with a friend, it gets even more weird. So <laughs> I'm just, hey, I've had that. I had, a, I, I was in a guy's two. He's been married twice. I was in both of his weddings as a groomsman. This mm -hmm. is how tight we were. I loaned him seventy-five grand. He paid me back twelve. You can see I've thought about this a lot. Yep. <laughs> and um, then he stopped paying, and I haven't talked to him in seven years. Oh, yep. That's rough. It's tough, man. It's hard, man, because we have mutual friends, and you know he's he comes in my dreams and shit. You know what I mean? So like I was tight. Me and him were boys, you know. And yep. And uh, it was a sure thing. It was like, of course he was going to pay me back. You know what I mean? Yep. There was no question he was going to pay me back, and. Of course he did it, you know, and he, and, and I've written that money off. I mean, that's, I'll never get that money. You know, so, yep. so anyways, it's weird. Uh, okay. So net worth, net worth. So, and depending, I actually don't like to count my bigger pockets equity because the way equity is structured is so weird in startups. And I don't know how familiar you are with it, but basically, yes, I'm vested. I'm fully vested. I get it technically, but if I leave the company at any point, like I have to buy out my equity essentially in order to keep my a piece of paper that says I have equity. So if Josh ever sold, then I would get it. And so it's, it's kind so, of a, so he, so, a he, okay, so uh, yeah, let's talk about that because sure. people can learn maybe what not to do and what uh, to do. So you want to leave, right? Yep. First of all, would define leave what's leave. I mean, 
be. And and that's a that's an interesting question. And and I hope Josh doesn't listen to this interview. But like I honestly don't like I didn't even know when I stepped down the to very part time and I kind of left all my responsibilities. I didn't even know if I would hold on hold on to it then. Uh, but I I have. I mean I've I've gotten a confirmation of that. But it's kind of weird because I don't. I don't know how well that's spelled out anywhere, uh, but if I if I stop my employment at Bigger Pockets entirely, uh, basically the way that it works, and again I I could be misunderstanding this, but I'm, I've looked into it quite a bit, and uh, I've read some really good articles about how this is the biggest scam in all of Silicon Valley. Is I have 30 days to pay Josh what my value of my equity is. Then I get a piece of paper that says now I have stock in Bigger Pockets, private stock that I can't sell that I can then cash in someday. So I have to pay him. And I think it's based on the valuation that was done when my stock was issued, uh, I believe. Because when I got it, I got it, I mean, I started it four years ago, invested over four years and I just fully vested. I believe I got it when it was, I'm trying to think of how that works. I think it works by, by every future valuation. And somebody listening to this podcast is going to say, no, Brandon, you're way wrong here. Yeah. But, but I believe Every time it's officially valued for like another employee, I believe that's the number that they use for the value of the company. I'm just and wondering if it's if really it's in your there. benefit to cash out to buy the stock now versus buy the stock later. Yeah, e- either way, I don't think I would do it. You know, like yeah, yeah, but it'd be good I'd to say, know. It'd be good to know, but either way, so I just I just I don't count my bigger pockets equity as part of my really net worth anymore. And you've had um, a lawyer look at your stuff. Honestly, I have uh, not had That's, a lawyer look at this at all. That should be on your list. I would yeah, have, it should be. I would, I would I, have a very angry <laughs> son of a bitch lawyer look at your shit and 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 just for your sake, you know what I mean? Because sure. you need to know what it says and what it means, and because because sure. there could be an out in there for you where you could buy it if you could buy it at the at the value it was when you were the first employee, which would make sense to me. It would be sure. more logical than you paying. So yeah. if you could do it's very that, possible, yeah. it could determine your future decisions. That's all. You know what I mean? It could determine, well, you know, everything you decide. I mean, so sure. so anyway, so sorry to get, get off on that, but it was fascinating. Right. It's fascinating. So you're- no, ver- and, I, and I appreciate you calling me out. Like, I honestly, like, I should, I should know more about this, but honestly, I've always kind of looked at it from the beginning of, this is not my money. Like, I will never get this because I don't believe I will stay around for 20 years. See, that's years a limiting a belief though. See, you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> maybe, I mean, you maybe. earned it, right? I mean, that's your collateral, dude. You were there. You believed in him when no one else did. Well, you remember I, I go abundance. There was that uh, I can't remember John Vroman. I maybe was the guy who did it, or maybe it was somebody else who did that video of the dancing guys up on uh, on, yeah, on a hillside. Yeah, yeah, right? that was brilliant. Like, Cameron Arrow yeah, did that. Yeah, Cameron did. Okay, so I was that first follower, the first dancer, right? So right. Josh was the guy dancing alone on the hill. I was the guy that came over and danced with him and made it turn, turned it from a crazy guy with some dream to a movement, right? Like that. I was that first guy. So like I didn't. I'm not responsible for Bigger Pockets' success. I'm just the first guy that made it a. That yeah, and that, that whole crowd wouldn't have started without that second guy. Yeah, it yeah. Would been, so, it would have been I, the crazy guy dancing by himself, you know, probably. <laughs> I mean, there might have been another second guy, but yeah, there at the same time, else, you, know? you know, I would think that he would have no problem. Um, whatever. And, and anyways, it's, 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 it's between you guys, and, and it, but it's an interesting conversation. So let's get back to the horizontal income. So sure. you got, um, what's your horizontal, so what's your total horizontal income? So total horizontal income, I called 330. And so that's real estate combined with the 240 roughly. So I figure roughly 90 in in real estate. And part of that is like, this is looking forward. Last year was not as much. I bought a lot of properties last year. Well, I, no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. I did not buy a lot of properties compared to a lot of the guys that are on GoBundance. I bought 12 units uh, last year, but that should add 
that's those huge. 12 units are going to add uh, three grand, 2,500 a month in cash flow. So per month. And so, yeah, I should be about 90,000 in 2017 over the year in horizontal income. In from rental units, from rental units. Yeah. So, and the, and the note that I have and the notes. So, okay. So I, I got a, a million questions in my head. Jeez. But so first of all, where are you buying? Where are you buying these houses? Uh, everything is located within 30 miles of where I live, which is uh, the, you know, Aberdeen, Washington or Montesano, Washington, but 90 minutes Southwest of Seattle. Okay. And are you, are you going to write another book? I actually am in the process. Yeah, writing another book. I'm actually going to Hawaii to go. Well, I say I'm going to Hawaii to write a book. I don't know if I'll get much writing done, but I'm going to try to write it here this spring and, and get and, it all. And finished. your deal on the books in the future, you get 100. Uh, percent no, <laughs> no. I well, it depends. If I publish with Bigger Pockets again, I'll probably get even a worse cut than before because now I'm not uh, commission. I haven't, haven't. That's why I haven't written yet because I haven't got a contract. So I'm refusing to write until I get a get, contract. Get the same angry lawyer. Yes. To, to write <laughs> this contract because let, let me let me talk to you about something here. I'm from the belief, and I talk about this in my book in um, Six Steps to Seven Figures, where I say uh, chapter five is build on a success up. You know, don't build on something. It's like the collateral thing you were just talking, right? If you have collateral in real estate, you know, don't go and open up a chiropractic shop. You know what I mean? Like stick with what you know to a certain degree, right? So you have collateral. You have a shitload of collateral in the book world, meaning – if someone types in your name on Amazon as an author, your book show up. So this fourth book is going to show up and people are going to buy it just by design that they've already read the first three. They're not going to say, oh, this one's published by a different publisher. They don't even pay attention to that. You know, yep, so you have so much collateral that you could go how Elrod and just, you know, Hal's got, you know, 15 books. Yeah. Why? He's got a ton of books. Yeah. He's, he's doing, why not he's write crushing a, it. But in making 240, you're making so much more than you are from your rentals. Why not yes. go wide? Why not write 10 books? Yeah. And, and you know, that's an interesting thing too, is like the, like, I don't like being the guy that makes more money from, uh, talking about real estate than actually doing it. Right. But I, I love the income. Right. But it's just, it's how it's worked out. I mean, I've been very, very lucky with this book writing thing. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm like, I want to keep buying real estate so I can eventually eclipse the real estate over that. Or, and I know the book thing is probably what got a five-year shelf life maybe. You know, like a book isn't going to last 50 years unless I write the next Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is, you know, who knows. But I, I don't know. I think that's a I, – I do want to write more books, but I also want to make sure that I'm not writing books which are – what do I call uh, earlier unstable horizontal income versus real estate, which I consider much more <laughs> yeah, stable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? yeah like, and but, I respect that you want to, you know, walk the talk and you don't want to be a false prophet. And that's, yeah. and I, I, you know, that's, I respect that, but, but you know, it's just something to think about. I mean, your GoBundance downline is going to be probably going to beat your book revenue soon if all these 11 people sign up. So um, this is going to be another thing. Keep writing blogs, too. It's fine. Yeah. I never I never had that in mind when I wrote that article, honestly. Like, I never I never thought that would be – people would – like, when I write on Forbes, like, you know, a lot of people, you know, I don't know. I write on Forbes, and most of my articles never get any traction whatsoever. I mean, like, they kind of will publish whatever I write. I could write anything, and they could probably publish it. You know, they might clo- – they've actually shot me down once, but uh, – Anyway, usually my articles get like a thousand views. That one got like forty or fifty thousand views. So, uh, for whatever reason, people seem to like this idea of GoBundance and what we stand for. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean that was great. Yeah, you should pay attention to the, the title you used and all the words you used for sure. Yeah, I guess people are attracted to that. So your horizontal income is uh, is uh, about thirty grand a month, and then your vertical income is what? Uh, so last year two eighteen. 
218 you got paid for doing the podcasts and the webinars so half a mil almost 600 what is your life happiness index average life happiness index so i wrote it here as a what did i write i wrote 6.1 it actually feels lower than i feel like it did maybe i was kind of down on the day that i wrote this no that's no it's all right Six one. I'll go there. What's 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 um, I think yeah. So I wrote that around. I'm I'm positive. Like my unhappiness came from how much I was working for the longest time. So last year, that's why I stepped down. I've been working a whole a whole heck of a lot less uh, this year. Um, But uh, so stock price has already gone up just based on that. Good. Good. Here's a great. Here's a great one. We just added this. It's it's only on some of the newer one sheets that people have, but we've added a giving ratio. So, so to give you an idea, okay, you made, let's say 600 grand, right, Brandon? So if you gave 60,000, your giving ratio is 10%. If you gave 6,000, your giving ratio is 1%. What is your giving ratio roughly? So it's probably 8% of, I guess I try to, you know, I'm I'm a church going guy. And so I try to tie $50,000 you gave away. Yeah, probably about that. God bless you. That's great. And what 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 do you give to? Uh, so I donate some to my church. I do uh, I do a lot of like when I see those, you know, like and some of them are really really cheesy and I don't do them. But a lot of those like GoFundmes when I see people online saying, "Hey, I can't pay my energy bill this month or whatever." <laughs> if I know the yeah, if I know the person or I know somebody who's supporting the person. I usually give some money to that. Um, we try to find one, and I, I, I don't know if I want to say this. I'll say it publicly, but anyway, I try to find one person every single month in my community who like has a problem of some kind, and then we'll just send them a random check. We usually, and in, in, I'm, it sounds horrible me saying this because I sound like I'm just patting myself on the back. And Not, like, no, I asked you the question, you know, and yeah. and you're in, but the intent behind it is not to boost Brandon's ego, but the intent behind it is to inspire other GoBundance brothers to up their game. So please share. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I like to try to give out like 500 bucks a month to somebody that is presented to me as having a need. So um, a few months ago, there was somebody I knew that was dealing with like a family member who was on drugs and they were fighting for their kid on custody and they had no money to pay the lawyer. Anyway, so I was like, we sent him a random like, you know, a cashier's check that was anonymous for 500 bucks and uh, somebody else couldn't pay their heat bill, I heard, and they were having trouble with that. So somebody donated them firewood and I we wrote them a check for 500 bucks. And so I try to do that at least once a month. Uh, and I, I think I got skipped last month cause I'm, I was lazy, but, uh, and th- that's, what's interesting about that kind of giving though, is like, it really takes proactive, like going out to do it. Uh, it's not just passive, like, Hey, set up an automatic with, you know, withdrawal from my account. So, uh, so there's that. I also donate to a few like, uh, overseas, like missionary type people. I don't know if you even call them missionaries more like they work at schools overseas, but they're connected to my church. And then, uh, I think that's probably about it. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, we should all think like that, like, especially, you know, the anonymous part of it, right? Because all the religious books, I don't care if you're talking about the Bible or the Quran, you know, they say, you know, uh, give with the left hand, but don't let the right hand know or something, something along those lines. So you, we could all set up Facebook accounts for Philip DiGirolamo and uh, Philip DiGirolamo can have a go, you know, GoFundMe account or whatever that sucks out of your account. And you could just, (laughs) you know, they're like, Oh, this, some dude named Philip just gave me 500 bucks. 
Yep. Yep. And so I'm very careful. Like I only do it to people either I know, or like I said, I have a friend who's like, Hey guys, this is my brother. He's struggling. Would you guys support him? Like I'll do it in those specific cases. But if it's like a, a more than a second degree removed from me, I won't, uh, because yeah, there's a lot of people that I'm like, come on, like you're not really in need or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's usually people that I know that are, that are struggling. You know, like I got a, a couple friends with cancer and they have GoFundMes and like, of course, you know, like stuff like that I want to, I want to give to, but yeah, you know, like I had a friend, um, I was talking with about this because he does this exact same thing and we were talking about it the other day and he was saying the reason he does it and I love this idea is, you know, when you give somebody, if you go give somebody that, you know, 500 bucks, they're going to always feel like they owe you. They're going to feel a little bit embarrassed about it. They're going to feel a little weird. They might be happy they got the money, but I feel like when you just give somebody money and they know it's you, they're going to feel a little bit weird about it. But when they get an anonymous check, people don't feel weird. Instead, they feel grateful to the universe, to God, to whatever it is they believe in. They feel like, wow, like somehow life is looking out for me and their, their day improves, their life improves a little bit. Uh, and I really like when wow. you said that cause I think that's totally true. I love that. I love yeah. that. Right. And it, and it inspires their belief in well being, in the universe, in God and in, in yep. all things good. Yeah. It makes them, it makes them then, then, or, or hopefully someday we'll be able to carry that as well. I mean, there were times in my life when I was younger where people would send me money. Uh, I mean, not a lot, but like when I was struggling through college, people would send me a hundred bucks like that I knew and just like, Hey, thought you might need this in college. And like, what a massive difference to a college kid. A hundred bucks makes it's huge. Mm, yeah. Uh, I know a, a good friend of mine said once when he was struggling, he was uh, 23 years old, 22 years old. Him and his wife had one baby. They could not afford their food. I mean, they had, they had $0. He said they were eating like basically rice and like cooking with water and, you know, mixing up with tomato sauce. I mean, that's all they were doing to try to survive. And they left for work one day, came home and their entire house was stocked with, I mean, every single kitchen cupboard was stocked with food. And they still, to this day, 20 years later, don't know who did it. Uh, but somebody like broke into their house and stocked their entire house with food. Mm. Uh, and like, like that changed his entire life. Like his outlook on life changed. And he still tells that story to this day. Yeah. Um, and it probably cost somebody 200 bucks, you know, maybe right. $300 of right. food, yeah. but it changed his life. And so that, I want to be able to do that to other people. That's a cool idea. I love it. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you will. So, okay. What's, what are your 10 year goals? I want to have two or three more kids. I've got one right now and it's the best thing I've ever done. Uh, and so I'd like to have a couple more kids, including maybe I'd like to adopt. I think that would be kind of a, a neat thing. I also want to build a couple businesses. I, I like building businesses, not just real estate. I do a lot of just, I'm, I'm like the idea guy and I, I struggle just like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs do like have this great idea and then you kind of work on it and you get tired of it a week later and you move on. But, uh, I like, I like building businesses, getting them automated and then, uh, you know, moving on either selling them or moving on to something else once they're up and running and producing cash flow. So in 10 years, do you want to have your own business? Uh, I mean, yes, yes. I mean, I, I don't, I don't plan on being employed at bigger pockets in 10 years from now. Uh, maybe I'll make enough money just to buy bigger pockets, but <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> like you I, go. I, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I like, I like being a business owner. I mean, I've got, yeah, I've got my real estate. I got a couple of different real estate businesses. I got a property management company and I got my actual real estate investing. Uh, and then I've got a couple of just random web businesses that I've built uh, that I'm just kind of beginning on. Like my brother and I are building a kite business and it's just kind of like a random <laughs> thing. We're going to sell kites on, on Amazon and mm -hmm. it's maybe it'll never make any money, but it makes me and makes me have some fun with, uh, with building stuff like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. The challenge is going back, you know, you have no collateral on kites. Correct. Right. I have no, but I do have collateral in internet marketing. And so my theory is that, so I am totally going to give away my is thing. Is your brother a kiter? No. So, and I agree, <laughs> well, whatever right? so, you call a kite person. So the step one is we're buying kites right now. I mean, I've been buying a bunch of kites. We've been flying them, trying them out. I'm trying to get into that 
it's become an enthusiast with kites because I do believe, yeah, I need to have collateral. If I have collateral in internet marketing, SEO, all that stuff, I don't have it in kites and I need it in both. And so I'm building collateral right now in kites. It might take me five years to get there, but, uh, I don't know. I'm working on it. I think it's a fun hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Call it uh, something that's where it's windy, you know, nags head kites or there you Chicago, you know, windy city kites or whatever. All right. So, um, which, you know, the six pillars, right? Yes. We got age-defying health, horizontal income, genuine contribution, which you are rocking in at a 8% uh, give back, relationships, accountability, bucket list items. Where do you suck? <laughs> so I'm going to say the thing I'm probably worst at is age-defying health. And not that I'm an unhealthy guy, but I'm definitely – I mean I've never had a six-pack. I've never even not had fat around the waist, right? So – uh, I, but I'm, I'm tall. I'm six foot five. And so people maybe not don't know that about me. I don't know. Maybe if you guys have a go, but it's like, yeah, that guy was fat, but I'm, uh, I would love to lose 20 pounds and get a six pack. I've never had it. I'd love to have it at least once in my life and try to maintain at least a little bit healthier life. So that's all what right. I'm, that's what I suck at. Well, there you go. Well, uh, all you guys that are doing the, uh, half Ironman in a couple of months in Utah, uh, you know, reach out to Brandon, hold him accountable <laughs> somehow. You I just- actually, I actually like half signed up. I half agreed to do that. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, I haven't. Yeah. Well, I was was like, I told people at the event, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then I go home and I look and start looking at videos. I'm like, wait, I have no idea how to swim. Like I've never, I've never swam really other than like, you know, playing in the kid pool. So I'm like, yeah, maybe three months is not enough time to train for a half. I'll do the next one. (laughs) What's your best pillar? What's your, where do you exceed? Uh, I mean the book thing has been pretty good. The horizontal income. Mm, yeah. Uh, I yeah. think I'm, I'm pretty good at that. And I think I have a, I have a really good relationship with my wife. Um, like, I, and I, it's hard to compare, right? Because I mean, like I can't say I've got a better relationship than anybody else does. Cause I don't know how people, other people function, but like she is my ultimate, like she is my best friend. We, I would be happy to spend every minute of every day with her all the time. Uh, and we work together as well. That means we do spend almost every minute yeah, of every day. That's, and, that's hard to do. So yeah. That's yeah, great. so we've got. I got. I'm pretty good on the authentic relationships. I think I, I maybe lack in in close friends, uh, but make up with it with uh, an awesome wife and a cool little girl. That's awesome, dude. Well, you got you joined the brotherhood recently, so uh, yeah, you've you've taken steps in that direction too. So the friendship direction. So that's great. So so <laughs> what gives Brandon Turner joy? I like teaching. I like uh, yeah, I, I do the webinars, like I said, every week and I, I do a new like I don't do the same webinar. I actually do a different one. I've got like 20 or 25 of them. I do kind of on rotation and I revamp them every time. But I like teaching. I think that's fun. Uh, if I quit everything I, I had right now, I'd probably become a teacher. Like if I I don't know, I think it'd be fun to be a teacher. And yeah. I like music. I play music. Oh, so. What do you play? Uh, I play guitar. I sing. I actually lead like the music at my church. So I. Uh, I do that. I play drums. I play piano a little bit. Not well, but enough to get by. Oh, dude, we should have got you up on stage. You know, you, uh, I'm, no, I'm no brother James. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, all right. What's the best vacation you ever took? Oh, so when I was 24 years old, my wife and I went and backpacked Europe for three weeks. Uh, and it was mm. it was amazing because we had no money. I mean, we were so broke. We put the entire thing on a credit card. It's got $5,000 total for three weeks, including flight, lodging, train rides. So we were like doing it on the on the cheap. And uh, we did it for five grand. We put the whole thing on a credit card. And I don't regret that at all. Uh, you know, I don't like credit cards. I don't like that. But I love that. Uh, we went to – we flew into London – Ended up kind of taking the tra- train from London to Paris and then up to Switzerland and then down to Italy and flew out of Italy. And did I say Paris? Yeah, Paris. Okay, yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, my wife and I did the same exact thing for three weeks. Uh, oh, nice! Right after we got married, uh, before we had kids. So yep, that was awesome. Yeah, about the same time, yeah, it was yeah. The, it was after we got married, before we had kids, and uh, great trip. So, what are the top five bucket list items of yours? Sure. So uh, let's see. I want to spend. I wanted to spend a month in Hawaii learning how to surf, and so actually, kind of GoBundance was um, a big part of my push to actually do that. Like, you know, it's one of those things I've kind of had in my mind for a while. I wanted to go spend a month in Hawaii and I love Hawaii. And so uh, I just booked it a few months ago because I was like, I got to stop talking about it. So I just actually went on and a friend of mine in GoBundance, one of our, uh, in my GoPod was like, just go book it. And I'm like, okay, now I can't back out. So anyway, I'm going to go there in April and spend a month in Hawaii learning how to surf. Uh, I'd love to go to Egypt. I love, uh, when I was a history major, that was my favorite class I took was on Egyptology. Uh, I'd like to get my pilot's license. I like flying. I think that'd be fun. I want to bench press 300 pounds someday, and I want to adopt a kid someday. Those are top five. Those are awesome, dude. Thank Those you. are great, man. Those are great. I, I, um, I didn't adopt any kids, but I have a brother that's adopted. That is a, a Cherokee Indian, and a, a sister adopted from Taiwan. Yeah. So. Um, nice. Yeah, I like the idea of adoption, especially like. Uh, maybe an overseas like and I, mean, I don't want to be the guy that's like you know i'm the the white american gonna you know change this other country and make them you know american like i i, mean, I think there's like a a lot of people maybe i don't know you know you hear celebrities make get made fun yeah, of like that. madonna just picked up two yeah, more right? kids yeah yeah i'm just gonna go pick up but like i think like i would love to help like in such a even in a small way right like change one kid's life who was destined for poverty and now isn't anymore like a, yeah that's the thing cuz you know you adopt one of those kids in in some of these african countries yep. like where madonna i forget she just picked up two girls from somewhere i don't know where but and brought them home with her it's probably easy for madonna right she <laughs> probably just went there and they she goes oh they're two high eyes they love me they laugh at my jokes and you know i'll take <laughs> these two you know and they're like yes miss madonna but um yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, yeah, because you know that, you know, if you're getting them from a refugee camp or something like that, that um, they're pretty much, there's a high chance they might not make it to even 10 years old. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, like, so, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, good stuff. Um, what was the most brilliant day of your life? Oh, I'm going to say the day I married my wife. That was, mm. a, that was a pretty brilliant decision on my part <laughs> or a lucky decision that she said yes, but that was a good day. Awesome. All right. Let's uh, take a spin here of the GoBundance app. Are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. I love the sound effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got him on Fiverr. <laughs> uh, Brandon Turner, where and what have you blocked yourself from feeling oh wow that's a weird question block myself from feeling hmm all right so we're gonna get deep here all right so one thing that i do not i purposely do not think of is the idea of eternity all right so here's my here's my theory behind this so when i was a kid i would lay in bed and think you know, like, like, I, like I said, I'm a church going guy, I'm a Christian guy. And so, but I think, you know, most people are, even if you're not a Christian, you believe something in an afterlife that it goes on and on, you know, unless you don't believe anything and then in which case, you know, whatever. But so I used to lay in bed and I used to think about eternity. Like what if it just kept going on and on? And even like thinking about right now, my stomach gets a little bit tight. And so I refuse to think about that thought, about that emotion or that thought of what about just forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Just it, because my mind can't comprehend it. So I refuse to think that. I just don't go there. 
And I just went there, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, yeah, that's so one yeah, thing. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. I you, well, it. you certainly block it. You block, block that it. belief, and and you know the the takeaway is real. You know that's why they call the takeaway in in, in in sales school. They talk about the takeaway. People want stuff that they can't have when it gets taken away, and life is a takeaway, man. Yep. And we're constantly being reminded of that too. You know, uh, yep. and if you didn't believe that, then you would probably be sloth like and and uh, drive 700 miles an hour and, you know, do everything else, uh, you know, so you got to <laughs> definitely, it pays to have an appreciation of life, especially once you have kids, man. Cause yeah, cause you know, you don't get that time back. Yep. I find like a lot of things like texting and driving, right? Like I used to do a lot of that, but as soon as I had a kid, all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I'd be like, well, if I die, I die, whatever, you know, like, but it was kind of like a flippant response. But now it's like, well, I got a little girl in the back. Oh, if she dies, that's the difference. You know, like I definitely take life a little bit more seriously when you've got a kid with you yeah absolutely because then you then you worry about you, you know like i i was uh recently with a with a guy and um he he was texting the whole time we were driving together and it was like half an hour and i said dude i was like really you know pull over let me drive he's like no no i got <laughs> it i said do you do that with your kids in the car and he he just looked at me, you know, and he kind of gave me a sideways answer or whatever, but clearly he did. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, that's, that's even worse, right? Cause then when your kids start driving, then you got to worry about them. I'm doing it. Yep. I, I don't know what you, cause you're, you we're pretty, I think most people feel pretty invincible. Like they're going to text and they're not going to be the one to get in a wreck. But yep. when it comes to your kids, your kids are so uninvincible in your mind like you worry about them it's built in you know what i mean so you worry about them and then, then you got to worry about them and then then if they get in an accident then it's your fucking fault because you <laughs> did it with them in the car you there know? You go. so that was good but you had a short answer so i'm going to give you another one here describe one instance one instance of how you made the world a better place yesterday yesterday one instance what was yesterday so yesterday was wednesday i'm gonna give this so yesterday was wednesday so i do a webinar every wednesday it's my typical week and so on this webinar i had i think i had 1100 people show up last night you know i had and then you know another couple thousand will probably watch the replay but yesterday specifically i taught people the seven steps needed to get started investing in real estate or to start building wealth uh and so those um basically i talked about how step number one is you have to commit i mean everybody knows people who try to, you know, I don't know, lose weight, let's say, right? And then they never actually lose weight. They just say they're going to, but they don't actually commit. And then step two was education. And step three was networking. Step four was searching for properties. I talk about all the different ways you can search for properties. I talk about analyzing deals. And I think that's so important. Like people don't know how to analyze a rental property, right? Or a flip or whatever. Um, that's the beautiful part about real estate is you can kind of determine your success before you start if you analyze, right? And then financing, how do you get financing even if you don't have money? And then seven was management. How do you manage correctly the deal, the process, the people, whatever? Uh, anyway, so I think – so I would say for at least a good number of those people that showed up yesterday, they didn't know anything about that. They came fresh, newbie, because it was kind of a newbie uh, webinar for people who didn't – just getting started. They had no idea of that stuff. So hopefully that changed a lot of people's lives for the better who will then go in and uh, build wealth for themselves and pass it forward in the future. There you go, buddy. Way to pay it forward, Mr. Brandon. Well, listen, buddy, thanks so much for coming on the show and teaching everybody how to grab life big. Can't wait to connect with you again in the future. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me.